questions, any thoughts, any feedbacks, any concerns, all of that, always available. But today, especially, uh, after the business meeting, we're going to uh, go over to Haymaker, which is just right across the street uh, over here. Uh, and we will probably just kind of camp out in one of those places. And so Paul and I will be there. And so if you have things that you want to kind of discuss more fully, uh, then we would love to kind of walk through those with you and uh, make ourselves available in that. And so in the past years, if you've been a member for a while, uh, we've been able to kind of ask questions uh, in this meeting. Uh, we have to get up out of here, and so we won't have that uh, freedom, but we want questions to be asked. And so we want to be able to address those and stuff like that. And so we'll be at Haymaker uh, once again, which is right across the street kind of, uh, after this is complete. Cool? All right, second thing before we dive in is that, uh, man, since we have switched to two gatherings, uh, we uh, have not actually been able to officially kind of be together as a family, uh, which we switched back in February. And so it's been, you know, six, seven months where all the covenant members are kind of in at the same time. And so I'm just excited to literally even just get the family together uh, in that way because, man, God has done a lot of work since the business meeting last year, right? As we were kind of like, God, what are you doing? Where are we going? Stuff like that. I mean, he's just been moving. Uh, and as you look, we left all the chairs out, right, for the most part, that we set up during the second gathering. And most of the people in here are covenant members, and we're, like, filling out all the chairs. Uh, God is at work aggressively in our church in just really beautiful ways. And so I'm just excited to get to kind of be together and uh, talk about what the Lord is doing and um, to sort of, yeah, just pray uh, together plan together, uh, just think through all the things that God has for us as a family. And so um, with that, I'm going to bring up uh, our other uh, elder, our fearless elder, our better looking elder, uh, Paul Carlson. We call him PC. All right. And uh, yeah, he's going to kick off our time. He, uh, this is a man of God, y'all, and in a whole lot of ways. And it has been uh, just really cool to get to serve alongside with him. Uh, we're excited for today. So, yeah. Hey, thank you, Tori. Thank you all for uh, for being here. Hey, it, for all the folks that are eating salad, uh, Huli's going to be coming around. You're going to need to show like a medical card or some sort of, and and if you can't, you're going to have to give the lettuce back, okay? Because because we're going to need other folks. But no, hey, we love it. It's been great. You know, it's been really cool over the years to be able to see the line for food during the business meeting continue to expand, and now it's kind of going around the room and. Yeah, God, God is, is truly good. Uh, I want to kick off our time to uh, begin to introduce a, our, our process for our new elders coming on. And, and just want to take you back uh, to last year when we asked you to, to pray with Tori and I as it relates to raising up men who would, who would feel that they would want to pursue and, and, and understand what it means to be a, an elder, a, a shepherd, a spiritual overseer of the church. Uh, you did that faithfully. Uh, between Tori and I, we had an opportunity to work with a number of men this year, and, and through the outcome of all that, we, we believe that there's, there's two guys that uh, are they're ready to, to serve in that capacity. They feel that they are as well, too, and so we want to give you the opportunity to hear uh, some of their words today and, and share some testimony. So, Jacob, we're going to start with you. Jacob Moana, if you want to come up, please. Imagine Moana's surprise that she has to come up as well, too. So, uh, anyway... Jacob's completely better with his bride, I'm telling you. Okay, so this is good. All right, here you go, man. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jacob Brown. This is my wife, Moana. We moved to Austin a little over two years ago. And so just wanted to give you a little bit of background about us and um, kind of how we came to know the well. Uh, I grew up in a church-going family, but I wouldn't say any of us were Christians. Uh, my mom felt that spiritual things were important, but... Uh, 
So she built it into our routine of our schedule. However, my dad didn't go to church at all. And so what that taught me from a young age about spiritual things was that they were important, but not as much as sleeping or as making sure we were on time for noon cowboy games, uh, which luckily they played a night at seven, so we're okay right there. Um, but uh, by the time I was 13, I decided, you know what, I didn't know anything about God, didn't know anything about the Bible, uh, and it just wasn't relevant to my life. And so my fulfillment and priority at that point was uh, girls, athlete, athletics, and, uh, and academics. And I wanted to be the best in all of those areas. I wanted uh, people to know me for those things, and I wanted to be the best. I wanted to uh, just seek and pursue achievement and success. And so for the next four years in high school, that's what I did. And as a result of that, I eliminated uh, a lot of, of relationships. And so I would say I knew a lot of people, but relationships in my life were, were very shallow. And so I knew a lot of people but had very little friends um, because I viewed everyone as either a competitor who I was trying to become better than or as someone uh, that I was trying to impress. And they became more of an object to try to feed my desire and fulfillment. So by the end of high school, I just realized that my process to finding joy in life was incredibly broken. And that's how I would describe myself. Uh, I, I was very, very broken. Uh, I was angry, I was bitter, and I was frustrated um, and at that time, a man who lived next to my high school, he was known for starting Bible studies with um, the athletes on campus. And so he would invite me over for lunch, get to know him, and he was just a man of really strong character and really strong leadership. And so he began to have deeper conversation with me than anyone else had ever had. He began showing me things from the Bible, and it became relevant to me for the first time. He began inviting me to church. Uh, and Easter Sunday of my senior year uh, was the first time that I ever uh, realized that the gospel uh, was important to my life. It was the first time that it ever resonated with me. And so I understood that there was something wrong, but I didn't understand that I wasn't just not perfect, that I was sinful. And that sinful uh, led me to just brokenness and trying to find brokenness in other things in the world. Um, and so I realized that my relationship with God was actually completely broken. So he began to go on. Obviously, the Easter passage, Easter sermon, is very gospel-heavy. And so I realized that Jesus died for me and rose from the dead to mend the broken relationship I had with God. And so as a result of that, my entire life changed. I decided to turn from my sin and trust in Jesus as Lord of my life. Um, and at that moment, I began to see people differently. Where I used to see them as competitors and objects to try to fulfill my life, they became people who I could love. No longer was I bitter and frustrated and angry with people, but I, I could love them and know them, uh, and, and my purpose in life changed. And so I went to college two months after that, joined a fraternity, and I really had no one that could pour into my life. I was trying to grow on my own. Um, I really didn't know how. And so a guy, he works for a ministry that I now work for. Uh, he met up with me, asked if he could start a Bible study in my fraternity. And I asked, hey, man, I would love to know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. He began teaching me how to read my Bible, how to pray, how to memorize scripture, would take me with him to share his faith. And I began to be hooked because I was like, man, there are so many people who are just like me who are living in a broken world that have no idea who Jesus is. And now I have a way to help them do that. And so at the time, I was dating Milana, and she kind of had a similar experience to that. And I'll let her tell a little bit about that. Um, and then, uh, just briefly, uh, reason being is because, reason being is Paul said this, but she is equally as important to whatever role I might have with this church as, as anything I might do. Um, and so, uh, anyways. Okay, so... Um, Give me a minute. 
Didn't know I was doing this. All right. I, um, I grew up uh, in a family that, kind of similar to Jacob's, we were involved in spiritual things, but we didn't know God. And so when I got to college, I remember looking, being interested in growing in my faith, but I didn't really know how to do that. And I really wanted to be a part of something that would change the world. And so I looked for that in a lot of other things. Um, but everything left me feeling empty. It came up short. And so whenever um, I had some opportunities to grow in college, I met um, some staff women from the ministry that I'm involved with now, that I work with now, um, and they began to just love me, and they shared truth with me, and I ended up um, going to a summer discipleship project where I got to learn how to share the gospel, and in the process of that, I realized that I knew that Jesus died, but I didn't know why he died. I didn't know that he had to die for me. I didn't know that I deserved um, to be separated from him without his grace. And so um, in that moment, I put my trust in Christ and never looked back. Um, I fell in love with sharing my faith with other people who were like me. I realized if there were so many people who grew up in the same situation I did, um, hearing about Jesus, um, being involved in things that had to do with him, um, but not knowing him, that there was probably a lot of other people um, like me. And so um, I got to start sharing that truth with girls around me and fell in love with helping people grow in their faith um, and learn that they could have life in Jesus too. Hey, thank you, Jacob and Milana. Uh, good folks. And as we've gone through the process with them, uh, got to know them better and their heart for for Jesus and seeing people come to faith and watching them grow, uh, they are they're truly truly a cool couple and we we love them. All right, I'm going to bring up uh, another gentleman here, Sans Sans Blair. Who I'll let Casey explain why he's here by himself today. But uh, Casey, come on up, share us a little bit about you're loving Jesus, man. Thank you. Well, as y'all know, uh, like Jacob said, Blair is. Um, Man, y'all know, for any of y'all that know me, know I love my wife. She is the most amazing woman on the face of the earth. And uh, my prayer is that as I step into this by the grace of God, that I love and serve her first, my baby girl second, and then, and then everybody else in this room third. <laughs> uh, and uh, man, yeah. Blair's amazing, and she makes life easier for me by God's grace, and amen to that. So anyways, Casey Onyekene, I am a Nigerian Texan through and through. I've lived in five different Texas cities. I am the son of a mother and father who immigrated from Nigeria to this wonderful, beautiful, amazing state. I'm actually originally from Austin. I grew up in Fort Worth. and lived in three other different cities and thankfully made my way back to the ATX. Um, my father is not a believer. My mother loves Jesus. She's probably praying for me right now. <laughs> True story. If, if anyone knows about African women and being a prayer warrior, you know they probably pray 24-7, and my mother is no <laughs> exception to that. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'm one of five. I'm the fourth, uh, fourth sibling, second son, and being Nigerian is really important, and the only reason I'm telling you all this because if you understand the context in light of me coming to know the Lord, this is very critical information. So my dad does not know the Lord. My mother 
does. I grew up in an Episcopal church. I was an altar boy. I was an acolyte, if you are familiar with that terminology, for ooh, 12 to 13 years. I was actually even a head acolyte. And I say that to say this, as early as like seventh grade for me, the Lord has uh, shown explicit, very blatant favor in my life in more ways than one, uh, through sports, academically, socially, uh, throughout high school. I won't get into the specifics. Going into college, in the corporate world, the Lord has shown very explicit favor in my life, and it's pushed me. I'd say pushed me, like Moses, reluctantly into positions of leadership, whether or not I wanted to do it willingly or not. And I say that to say this, is because in the midst of all that, not knowing the Lord, uh, the result was pride. The result was self-righteousness. The result was seeking other people's approval. The result was insecurity. And my biggest insecurity is a fear of being misunderstood. And thankfully, God takes that. He shows me the cross and he shatters that. And by the grace of God, like everyone in this room, he is sanctifying me more and more and shattering that more and more. Um, And so amen to that. So obviously, uh, for y'all that don't know, my, my wife Blair is not here because our daughter was just born and she is taking care of the baby because obviously I can't breastfeed my daughter. So <laughs> it just makes sense that I'm here and if she's not. Uh, ser- jokingly, but seriously. So I say all I have to say this. Uh, through multiple people, family members, friends, and even strangers as early as last year, uh, the Lord has called me into pastoral ministry. And when I say strangers, I can't make this up if I told you. I'm talking about walking through Central Market. This black lady stopped me and said, thank you, Pastor. And that's just one story. And I'll stop there, not to be prolonged. But this, I'm telling you, this is like as early as five to six years ago up until earlier this year. Uh, strangers. And so I say all that to say this, through music, through community, through other brothers that love the Lord, but were down to earth and love rap music, the genre. I grew up in South, South Fort Worth rapping and selling mixtapes, while and out of control all the way through uh, the, my first year of college. And the Lord just used men of God who loved him, but also played basketball and loved music and music and community and his grace to radically change and transform my life. And my heart was changed. So I, I went from that to like, pride aside to seeking other other people's approval aside and if y'all have ever heard me pray like praying that the Lord knows me when you think about how Jesus how God because of Jesus his son has has you keeps you and knows you perfectly praise God insecurities fall off of you and that's my story and that's how I came to know the Lord that I was like, look, I don't need anybody's approval here because God knows me because of Jesus and I can know him in return and amen to that. So anyways, what brings me here to now is, like I said, through that music, through community, through uh, people who just love the Lord and through service of others, uh, God has brought me to this point. God has saved me. He has redeemed me. He has bought me back by the precious blood of Jesus. And so that's why when I sing here this is just an extension of what I do in my room when I'm crying my eyes out because Jesus is so worthy. So I'll stop because I, I will start crying when I think about the worthiness of Jesus. And so I'll end with this because this is like my life verse and my prayer for the church. And I've shared this with them. Um, so Mark 9.35, context, disciples on the road to Capernaum with Jesus. And they're arguing about 
who's the greatest amongst them. And Jesus, he said, he sat them down and he called them. And he said, if anyone would be first, they must be last of all and servant of all. And I truly believe that God, one, calls us all to serve because Jesus did. But to me specifically in that way, God has given me so much explicit favor and positions of leadership to be first only to make myself last to serve the body of, of Christ. Uh, and so really that's why I'm here today because uh, God has called me to make myself last to serve. And my prayer is that we serve each other uh, well because of what Jesus has done for us. And that's it. Amen. Hey, Tori and I are excited about uh, Jacob and KC, and while Tori and I have had a great time being a duo, duo set of elders, uh, we are very much looking forward to two men becoming a part of this uh, to, to further our ability to, to discern God's will for this church and where we need to go. So personally, I am really, really excited about getting to spend time with uh, two, two great guys and, and hear their hearts and what they want to do. Uh, to be a part of, of being shepherds and overseers for, for the church. Hey, real quick, Tori's going to come up and, and share a little bit more, and then we're going to kind of get into the voting part of this. But what we're voting for is not one over the other, but what we're really voting on is, is their ability, based upon the scriptural uh, uh, words that have, are described in, in, uh, in Timothy and Titus that really speaks to the characteristics of who an elder is, and that's what we're voting on. And, and it means to be able to confirm that. Uh, and that's why we put their names out there a little bit early. So if you had any issues or things you wanted to talk to either them about or Tori and I, you certainly could. So really is what uh, the ability to, to do the confirmation through, through our vote. So, okay, Tori. And so one other thing that we're voting on along with uh, Casey Jacob is uh, also actually an extension for Paul. So uh, for those of you who do not know, our uh, elder term is four years long. Um, and so there's a four-year term uh, that we ask the elders to serve, and then after that, they roll off for at least a year for a sabbatical. You know, serving is just a lot of uh, hard work. It's laborious. It's uh, a lot asking. And we say, man, after that, let's, boom, give a rest, right? And then once that uh, sabbatical is over, they can come back on board if we revoke them on, things like that. Um, and so Paul is actually at the end of his fourth year. However, uh, we think necessary to uh, extend that actually by a year uh, for a couple of reasons. One of them is just for continuity. Uh, I did not want to be the only elder on board rolling on two new elders because I don't think that's safe or healthy. Uh, there are things that uh, just as a staff member that uh, gets paid, right, through the tithes and offerings, through different things, that is just not healthy to have me be the only one saying, hey, this is how we do things. This is what it should be. This is the direction we've done in the past. Hey, in the past, we've done things like this. And this is accountability for my sake, though hopefully by God's grace, I would never act like that or else I shouldn't be up here in the first place, right? But by God's grace, Paul is there for continuity's sake and uh, also then just for experience, right? Uh, I mean, we want to continue to have people who uh, have been there, done that, that can help us uh, really press the ball forward in what God's calling us into. And so we're actually going to be voting on three things here in a moment. We're going to be voting on Jacob Brown, and that's just a yes or a no. Like Paul said, it's not either or. It's not like a presidential run, okay? We want both these men to step on, all right? Uh, and so we're going to be voting yes or no. Jacob Brown, we're voting yes or no uh, to KC, and then we're going to be voting yes or no to Paul Carlson's one-year extension. And so we're going to extend that for one year in hopes that there's some continuity, there's some, you know, consistency, things like that. 
Um, and so um, that is, yeah, that's the process. And so uh, a couple of quick things for us. This voting, because we're only doing three things, it's yes or no. Uh, you can, like, leave it blank if you want. And so if you're like, I, I don't know if I want to say yes to fill in the blank. I don't, I don't really know them like that. I don't want to give my yes if I don't know them. That's okay. You can actually just leave it blank. There's no uh, worries about that, you know. Uh, but um, that's what we're doing, okay? So a couple of things. On this next slide here. There's actually a little link, okay, tiny.cc backslash elder voting. This is the easiest way for you to do it. If you have a smartphone, feel free to pull that out. You can vote in that way. However, uh, if you do not have a smartphone, we also have pieces of paper. Uh, and Deborah, boom, is right here. Um, and so if you uh, would like some paper uh, to also make a vote on this, if you would uh, raise your hand, maybe you don't have a smartphone, maybe you purposely went back to a, an old school phone, maybe your phone just died because you were taking so many notes from Nick's fire sermon today. All right, whatever it is. Uh, sorry, yep. Um, Feel free to do that. And uh, I'm going to give five minutes for this. Obviously, it's just a couple of things, and so it should be really quick. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give five minutes to go ahead and do this voting. And we're also going to reveal today the results of this. So in these five minutes, there's a lot more pizza. So uh, if you would like some more pizza, man, feel free to go grab some. Uh, run to the restroom if you want. Get some water. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, we'll come back in a couple of minutes. If you have any questions, all right, come talk to me or Paul real quick. If you're like, that, something doesn't make sense, come run, talk to us. Uh, but yeah, if you need paper still, Deborah will give it to you. Just stand up, find her, and then let's vote, and then we'll come back around. Paul and I went through the laborious work of making sure that no Russians interfere with this voting process, all right? Yeah. So we're clear on. <laughs> Too soon? Sorry. All right. Here we go. Hey, we'll, uh, we will reveal that uh, info uh, at the end of this meeting. And so thank you all for that. Um, yeah, we're excited about the possibility. Uh, it was uh, by God's grace uh, that we had two utterly different people. Casey came up here ready to rap. Jacob came up here dressed like a cowboy. So we're ready. Continuing our diversity trend, all right? So, uh, one more year, Paul. One more year. Uh, all right, um, hey, we're going to move into uh, some of the numbers portion uh, of our time. Man, Daniel Lentz is excited. Woo, numbers. Um, hey, yeah, if you have those papers, thank you so much, Huli. If you have those papers, uh, if you would just hold them up, Huli's going to come around and grab them uh, from you. Sorry about that. Thank you, Huli. Um, so go ahead and hold them up. If you have the papers, Huli will grab that from you. And then, uh, yeah, we'll count that in a minute. So um, moving over uh, into some of our budget uh, info and things like that. Uh, talking about numbers, and so uh, Paul is a genius with that, so I'm going to let Paul jump up again. Thank you, Tori, and, and uh, I've already asked for, for special grace from uh, uh, Jacob Ridley, and, and Jake, Jake could speak to numbers, and, and he would actually cry, and I don't think I'll be able to do that, but uh, hey, let me, let me take you through that. Let, let me also, just as part of where we're going uh, from a budget standpoint, just talk about God's faithfulness and favor on this church. And, and for those that were with us last year, we talked about the budget. We, we, we talked about that, hey, we felt that God was, was asking us to take a bold step in terms of some, some additional ministry and staffing that we wanted to do to the point where we said that, all right, based upon our trending, our forecasting, we're not going to have the budget to do that. So we were going to, to step into our reserves to be able to, to make, that, make that come together. And I think we talked about at that point that we would go backwards, probably eating to our reserves by $90,000 to advance the ministry, advance what we felt that uh, God was calling us to do. 
uh, because God had blessed us with a pretty significant reserve up, up to that point. And so uh, fast forward, we start going through the year, and we're not dipping into the reserves. Uh, we're not dipping into the reserves. And, and oh, by the way, the reserves continue to grow through that. So let me just throw some numbers at you. So we had forecasted to, to go backwards $90,000, meaning go into to the deficit, you know, unlike our government that actually it existed. It wasn't going to be paid by somebody else. So it existed. We thought we'd go back 90000 Year to date, we are, we did not really did, did not do that, but God blessed us through your faithfulness in your giving that we're $120,000 over where we thought that we would be from, from an expense standpoint, okay? So, I mean, we're looking at the numbers. We, I mean, so you talk about God's favor and just being excited about what God's doing here said, okay, we're going to continue to do and, and take some bold steps here. And so in, in the process of our budgeting, we started looking at, you know, our forecasting process, looking at the trending, having other people looking at the trending, putting together other potential forecasts, uh, uh, you know, related to that. And, and, and we said that, all right, we're going we're gonna to take some bold steps this year. The increase that we have in our budget is going to actually be about 32% more than it was last year just under $900,000, okay? Uh, but we still believe that hey, that's going to be under what the forecast potentially could be, it, you know? And, and so we're, we're excited, but maybe a little bit apprehensive. But I think as we took a step back, and as Tori and I looked through this, prayed about it, that, all right, every year that we said that we couldn't do something, you know, God beat that, all right? And took us, it took us even to the next step as part of all that, said, all right, we're, we're going we're gonna to step forward. We're going to do some things with boldness as it relates to, to ministry, to continue to give into missions, and, and, and with some additional staffing to be able to, to kind of take that next big step. And, and so we want to kind of walk you through what that looks like as a, as a percentage, okay? So I mentioned we're just going to be just under 900000 That's what we're budgeting. That's what we believe that uh, our, our ministries will, will cost as we go into it. Staffing takes, takes a big chunk of that. You saw 51% of that. A good benchmark there as we take a look at other churches is to be below 60%. And, and even with, the, with where we believe that we're going, we're, we're going to be at 51. We feel comfortable with that number, by the way. And that includes some additional staff. But, hey, one of the things that, that I feel that we need to do at being a part of a number of churches over the years is you got to take care of the staff that you have, okay? And, and so, uh, you know, it was myself, and, and I just said, hey, we, we want to be generous with our staff. We want to make sure that they don't need to have to worry about, you know, whether they, they should get the HEB brand or something else, but, you know, they're all very good about that. So that's taking care of our existing staff and then having room to be able to bring on three, three more staff members in, in the next year, uh, a worship, full-time executive admin, and another associate pastor position, okay? The next part of that is administration is about 7%. So those are the things that are the ongoing, uh, you know, our, our database that we have to have, uh, the, the, the accounting service that we pay for, uh, all the things that kind of go along with making sure that the, the components of the ministry, ministry run well. Facilities at 6%, uh, another incredible thing. Uh, for a church of our size and, and where we're at to only have to have 6% of our dollars allocated to facilities is, is truly amazing, okay? Uh, God's given us favor by being here at Campbell, and, and currently we're, we're feeling a little bit bursting at the seams even with two services, but uh, the fact that we 
are able to get this facility for the dollars that we're paying is, is truly, truly remarkable. That is a gift, and, and, and we need to cherish that as part of all that. Uh, ministries, 18% of that, so that's all the different things that we do uh, related to, to, to serving both the body, serving the community, uh, the, the elements that, that go into our, our children's, our groups, all of the, the elders, all the, all the ministry that happens within this wall, in these walls and outside of the walls. And then the last part of that is, is missions at 18%, and, and this is a, 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 a cool number. So, okay, so last year we felt we would be here, God took us here, and, and we just automatically give to our missions at this rate, regardless of where the giving is. So we, we said, hey, we felt we could give into the missions by this much. We actually gave, able to give more than that as part of all that. So as we move into the, to the next year, we're going to continue to do that, both for our, our missions efforts, and then we support uh, two organizations for our, our, our church in general. It's the, the Hill Country Association and Acts 29. Some dollars go out automatically as part of all that, and, and that makes up uh, the, the, the 18% of that. So... Uh, real quick on, on, on missions, it's rare that you see a church that, that gives 10% of their budget to, to missions, and, and we feel that, okay, we need to be generous. We need to be even more bold than that, and, and, and God just continue to bless that, and that's why we, we plug in the, uh, the 15, and then the 18 is, is really the 2-plus percent uh, that goes along in supporting our, our associations that we're a part of. So that's the overview of the budget. And, and I'd, I'd love to be able to maybe talk to you about some more of the numbers, but don't really necessarily have the time at this, this point. And, and, but, again, a, a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of time has been spent with this. A number of people have helped us be able to get to this point. We, we feel good. We feel good that, that uh, hey, God is, is, is okay, and he's going he's gonna to allow us to be able to achieve this next year, uh, that, hey, while well, it's bold, there's also some conservatism built into it as part of all that, and, and I feel good about being able to present the numbers to you all here today, okay? Can't really take any questions. We'll do this afterwards if you need to. We need to kind of continue to get moving along, but uh, thanks. Good deal. Um, hey, one of the things, uh, just to make mention of this, is uh, Paul or I, uh, nor any staff member actually, can see what anybody physically gives, okay? So we cannot see any, like, dollar amount associated to you. Uh, there is one staff member, uh, Christy McGriff, who can see, but that's just simply for tax purposes. You have to, you know, get stuff sent to you during the year, and so uh, she's the only one that can see individual giving. So uh, we want you to know that, uh, man, all of this is just really trusting the Lord to continue to uh, call the covenant members to actually give. Uh, only thing we can see is a bottom line number, so how many of our covenant members give, like what's percentage and stuff like that. And uh, just one thing to encourage you in is that, man, if, if, you're, if you're not giving something, um, then I would actually maybe go as far to say, not maybe, I would go as far to say uh, that, man, Scripture would actually call that sin. Uh, in First uh, Timothy 5, it uh, talks a lot about, uh, you know, not muzzling the ox, that, man, there are people that are really working away uh, trying to help bring the gospel, not just to the world, but even to you, uh, to be protected, to be loved, to be cared for. You think about even something as simple as Nick's sermon this morning. It's like, man, it takes time, effort, energy to exegete the word, to dive in, in ways that we weren't able to this week, right? Like, we, we couldn't look at the difference between Logos and Rama and what's happening there. And, and then, so, like, man, we're saying, man, we trust this covering, this shepherding, things like that. 
uh, even more so say it's sin because it's not trusting God and giving to the kingdom and what God's calling um, us into uh, as believers in general. Our hearts are probably misaligned there uh, as we're not trusting God in that. And so uh, I say it to say that, uh, man, these numbers are actually really conservative, but they actually uh, are highlighting we only have about uh, 59 uh, to 61% of our covenant members give uh, with any sort of consistency. Uh, and by consistency, we're saying actually uh, at least once a year. And so that means there's still a 40% uh, that actually don't, okay? And so this is not me uh, trying to lay down heavy conviction. This is not me uh, trying to play Papa here, right? But uh, I do think to kind of call us out, man, uh, is there something that, that we can give? Do we really believe in what God is calling our church into? Uh, does this make sense, right? And in a, in a moment, you're going to get to hear, like, yes, man, I'm for this. I want to maintain this family commitment. And, um, but I would even say, I would go as far to say that if all of us actually were to give faithfully, sacrificially, that we could take this and utterly blow it out the water again and see more work happen. You're going to hear a little bit of what God was doing in and through our church and and that happens not just because of our faithful serving, though that's one big piece of it, but also our faithful giving, right, of our finances, our faithful giving of our time, our faithful giving to our brothers and sisters in community. It's really our sacrifice, our faithfulness that allows God to move in and amongst us. And so just to kind of lay that out there to encourage you all uh, to really pray about, consider, go to the Lord, read the scriptures and say, hey, God, man, what would prevent me from giving, you know? Uh, it, it is a command. And so then, because of that, how do I respond to that? You know, what am I not trusting in God's command? Or maybe it's the church at large. And in that case, it's like, man, is there a different church, actually, that you would say, man, I would trust that, and boom, give here, and we want to be a family, right, in this together, kind of running this race, and so as you see that, as you hear the 900,000 mark, I'm not going to lie, I saw the number when it got pumped out, and I almost pooped myself, right, <laughs> I was like, 900, what, this is so much, like, I can't believe this, you know, and uh, but then as we think about, man, we're planting Josh, right? There are certain things you'll hear about in a minute that we want to do uh, going forward. It's like, man, it takes that, you know? It takes a lot to send Josh, to uh, send other teams that we're hoping to send overseas this year, to send, you know, just over and over and over. It just takes a lot. And so, um, yeah, it kind of makes sense in that end. So anyway, uh, I'm excited about that and just wanted to lay that out there for you guys to pray through and wrestle through uh, with that as well, Okay. Um, two of the things I want to talk about are upcoming needs for our church. And in a moment, we're going to take some time to kind of look back at what God has done this year, to also look forward and celebrate. But I want to actually present the need first, because it'll make sense as we look back and as we look forward. Uh, there are two really big things that I think that uh, the well is going to kind of need this year at large, okay? One of them is actually a little bit more of a, of a uh, uh, not logistical, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's just a need from the church at large. Okay, I don't know where I'm looking for. It'll come to me in a second. But uh, it is, uh, man, we actually as a church, we really want to continue to grow. We want to continue to grow as we push back darkness uh, as the people of God together. Once again, in a moment, you'll hear about how many people came to Christ this year, but then you'll also see a goal, a prayer goal of how many people we want to see this upcoming year. You'll hear about some of the good, you know, awesome stories, even as Nick just shared this morning and in, in, in his, uh, the letter that he read, like, man, God's doing an aggressive work to literally push back darkness, right? And so we say we want to be a part of that. We want to continue to push back darkness. And so, man, we want to grow as a church. But along with that growth, one of the things that we are deeply committed in, I hope that 
that you hear this often, you believe this, is we want to do that because we want to be aggressive senders and multipliers. And so we really believe that uh, in the exalt disciple send aspect of our church, we say, man, what does it look like to plant uh, 100 churches uh, in the States? And then what does it look like to send 100 full-time missionaries overseas that are focused on church planting? So 200 people, right, in the first 50 years of our church, that just takes a lot, right? And so as Josh goes out this year, man, I pray that some of y'all would feel uh, uh, compelled by the Lord to go with him and to start a new work where there is not a work happening yet. But as we, boom, then send out, we're going to have to recruit in that because what we want to do then is immediately think about sending out again. And we want to see, in a lot of ways, our body continue to grow and then to send and then to grow and to send and continue to see that process. In fact, I think it's Nick that I'm stealing this analogy from, but uh, that in a lot of ways, the church should be like an accordion right? And so as uh, the accordion kind of stretches out, it starts making this noise. But if you just continue to stretch it out, we grow, we grow, we grow, we get bigger, we get bigger, we get bigger. But that's all we do. You end up just kind of ripping the thing in half. It doesn't make noise anymore, right? And so what you do is you kind of grow and then boom, you send out, right? And you kind of compress that together. And we have to become tight-knit again. And we start losing like an awesome community group leader or a team lead. As they go with Josh, we're like, oh my gosh, what's happening, right? But actually what's happening is you're making noise, and then you want to grow again, then you want to send again, and you begin to grow, send, grow, send, and that's one of our hopes, one of our desires, right? Somebody just made a dance off of it. That's awesome. Uh, We're about to auto-tune that joint, okay? So... Uh, that is a, a, a hope of ours. And even I would challenge you and encourage you and, and press in and say, man, like, let's pray for this, you know. Uh, man, people who do not know the Lord right now, man, go into their homes, share the gospel with them, invite them to church, do different things. We want to see darkness push back in individuals' lives, not just as a church as a whole. And so we want to see, I, I deeply believe, I know this because I'm looking at some of you right now, that there were people that a year ago that did not know the Lord that are now sitting here worshiping and singing about our awesome king sitting under the word because of us, right? Because of what God is doing in our church. And so I believe we want to see that more and more and more, more laborers raised up, more missionaries trained, more pastors trained up, more elders had, more community group shepherds, more, 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 because our king is worthy. And that's what we believe in, right? And so, man, just to encourage y'all, what is maybe God's even personal challenge to you this year, how you're going to help aid that growth of the body at large so that we can continue to multiply, to send, to impact this nation at large. Uh, It was not that long ago that there were like 30 of us meeting in a little tiny, what we uh, lovingly call the dungeon, because it was a, a fourth of the size of this, and it was really, 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 really dark, and you could be preaching about the joy of the Lord in heaven, and it would feel like you're preaching about hell, okay? It was just, if those of you who are there, you know, right? And now all of a sudden, we're like, no, 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 like, look at what God's done already, and man, what else can you do, right? What else is he wanting to do? And so uh, as a body at large, we're going to say, hey, man, where is God calling us? Where is he calling you? How is he calling you to play a part of that? How is he going to uh, use your gifts to help grow the church? Use your finances to help grow the church? Use your time, your talent, your treasure to help really grow what God is doing, not just for the sake of the church, y'all. I hope you know this, right? Because you're covenant members. You should know this, right? Man, Listen, the well could close today, and if that was God's will, I would rejoice like crazy, y'all, because I don't care about the well in that extent, right? What I care about is the kingdom of God, but I deeply believe that the well is a part of the kingdom of God and what God is wanting to do in the kingdom. And so we say, man, we want to build to that end, okay? So, uh, man, that's one of our needs is that we would say, man, let's just continue to grow a little bit. 
I think we have some systems in place we've never had before. We have some structures in place we've never had before that will actually aid to that in a lot of ways. The other big thing that we need, though, is that if we keep growing, if y'all were in the second gathering today, you saw there ain't no space in this joint, all right? And so one of the things that we are uh, just really praying through is, uh, man, we actually just need another place to meet. Um, We love Campbell. We think it's awesome. Uh, we have loved serving here. Uh, we will continue to bless these kids and to serve them and to, to minister to them. But even really simple things, y'all, like the time constraint we have today, right? We can't pull this out, maybe even an extra half hour. We can't stay for questions. Uh, we can't do classes in the morning. There are certain things that we literally can't do because of the restriction of the space that we have. And if we continue to grow, there ain't going to be nowhere to put people, right? Like, what are we going to do? So at one point, we're going to say, hey, if you're a covenant member, please stand on the wall, right? And that's going to get old pretty quick. The first, like, three weeks is like, this is awesome, right? Week four, you're like, yo, I got kids. I ain't trying to do this, right? And so it's just hard, you know? And so you'll hear this more in the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to lay this out here to us today as a family, okay? Before we give it out to our church at large, as a family, as the people who have called the well their home, uh, I'm going to say, man, would you be in prayer and would you also have your eyes open to uh, just asking the Lord to straight up give us a building? Um, We are making that our prayer request, that we would just, it would be given to us. Uh, A lot of times, you know, you do building campaigns and, and, and you raise funds. And listen, if that's what God's calling us to, man, we will jump into that gladly, okay? We know that long term, we want to be a resourcing church in the city. We want to send. That's going to aid to that. And so, man, we would jump into that. But I would love for our story, y'all, to be like, hey, remember at the business meeting in 2018 where we just prayed that God would give us a building, and now we have this building, and it cost us like $13, right? Like, if that was the story, y'all, I would rejoice forever, right? Like, that would be awesome. And so uh, a couple of things in that, y'all, we want to be in the city, okay? That's really hard, right? Because if you're anywhere in this vicinity, you know that one square foot costs $3,800, right? Or at least it feels like that. And so all of a sudden to build out somewhere we can meet as a group or we can continue to grow into even, like that's just straight up hard to do. And so it's really going to take God moving. Also, though, within that, I know that sometimes God moves through you practically or maybe your really rich uncle owns some awesome land right here in East Austin. And you're like, I wonder if he would give that to the church for free for $13. Go ask your rich uncle, (laughs) y'all. Man, we really believe this, right? And and here's where you're going to hear my heart in this, especially as we lay it out to our church body at large. As we would say, man, we just really believe that God wants to use this body, you, you all. Like, I'm literally, I almost just started tearing up a second ago because I knew I was going to go into this. I'm looking at these faces, and I'm like, there are freaking awesome people in this joint, right, that, like, God is using, y'all. God is using us. God is using this body to make much of his name, y'all. And so we say, man, we just really believe in what God is calling us into as a church family, and one of the things that we need with that is space. And so if you could be praying about that, You'll hear about that more in our next sermon series. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh, But, man, we just need a place to meet. And so be praying. Be thinking. Be fasting. Maybe as you drive to your local coffee shop on the east side, if you're like, what is that building? Look at all that parking. That would be awesome. Like, man, hit a brother up, right? Uh, And let us know we want to be looking, okay? But, um, man, that that would be our prayer. That would be our goal. Uh, We want to be in the city, one. 
okay? Uh, we would ideally, if I'm transparent, love to be on the 35 corridor where we are right now. Uh, the reason why is because we can plant so many churches from Georgetown all the way to Buda up and down 35 really easily, and just 35 is less densely populated with churches than Mopac is. Now, if the Lord ended up moving us over there, I wouldn't be uh, fearful of that or anything. If that's where he would have us, man, we're going to follow the Lord into that, right? But we're like, man, we want to push back darkness. So because there are less churches and because this is the road upon which the city travels, we want to be on the road upon which the city travels and plant churches on the roads in which the cities travel so that we can push back darkness together. And so even if you look at Josh where he's planting in southeast Austin, it's going to be just east of 35, right? Just south of here. Why? Because, man, that's part of that strategy. So uh, we would love to stay central. We would love to stay east. If you see things, if you know people, if you uh, just have a hunch from God, man, I would love for your prayer in that, uh, for your time in that. Um, and just to be thinking about that as a church, I would say those are our two biggest needs this year. Uh, y'all, we're not even in September yet, and you saw the second gathering today. When I was up here hosting, I was looking, and I was like, man, there's not that many chairs left. And now it would feel like, because, well, we have a business meeting, most of the people came to the second. If you were at first, it was pretty dang packed at first, too, right? And so it's like, man, God is doing something. Let's, let's respond to that and believe that he has something for us in that. One real quick story, then we'll move on to our next section of time. Uh, when we were first planting, uh, we were three weeks away from launching, and we did not have a building. And we were praying, and we were asking the Lord, and we kept pressing in, and Lord Carlson was a part of that. She remembers this, right? And we were just being really asking the Lord, God, would you do something? Y'all, we asked 82 different churches. Eric was there, right? 82 different churches uh, or facilities. I mean, could we use your spot? And there was nothing that we found that would either charge us less than $7,000 per month Okay, like per month, so do the math. Our first year's budget was $31,000, <laughs> legitimately, okay, because I raised my own support, so I wasn't even getting paid. So like, we ain't have that money, right? So either under seven, or they would just straight, straight up, no, we don't want churches here, we don't want that, okay? 82, uh, and then there was one church, Greater Mount Zion, who called me. Three weeks away, we're like, we've got to push back lunch, I don't know what we're gonna do, this is really disappointing, our people start feeling the weight of that. And he just called and he said, hey, I heard y'all were looking for spaces. And we were like, yeah, we are. He was like, well, why don't you just use ours? And I was like, well, if y'all know Greater Mount Zion, they're like a 1,200-person church over here. So their facility's huge. So we were like, yo, like, we, we only got like 20-something people right now. Like, that's just going to feel real awkward, right? It's pews. You can't drape curtains. You can't do anything like that, right? And so he was like, well, no, we have an annex facility that you can use. And I was like, oh, for real? So we went over, saw it, the thing that we lovingly call the dungeon. I say lovingly because it was hard, but it was a blessing because we then went into there and we were like, yo, this would easily hold about 20 people if we just did terrible or if God started growing us, it would hold upwards to 100 people. That's awesome. This will give us a little bit of time. He was like, oh, man, we love church plants. We love y'all. We love Hill Country. We love what God is doing. So we're just going to give this space to you for free. And we were like, are you sure? Like, we could pay you. We could, like, you know. And he was like, no, man, we love church ministry. We're going to give it to you for free. And so our whole first year, with our $31,000 budget, we had no building expense, no pastoral expense, and God literally sustained us through that to let us then go out into that, right? And so, man, praise God, for real. It's awesome. He already did it. And then as we move into Campbell, I was sitting in Lori Carlson's and, and, uh, and John Harrington's office, and they have this big map of the city, and he said, put a pin if you could pick the exact spot that you wanted to meet. And there was no, like, uh, uh, landmarks or anything like that. I put a pin across the street from here, and he said, go to where that is and just pray over it. 
And we went to where it was, we prayed over it, and we saw, wow, there's a school across the street, all right? And so we went, and the school was like, no, we don't want you here. They're one of our 82. And then nine months later, they were like, yes, we'll have you here, and we'll give you half off, and we'll, like, let you have classrooms, blah, blah. And so God then answered that prayer request and gave us a ridiculous deal. As you all know, Campbell's been a huge blessing to us. So already twice God has provided is what I'm sharing with that. Uh, we just really believe, that's why we ask you to pray boldly, that God's going to actually provide again. And so be praying for that. Be thinking about that. That's one of the upcoming needs we have this year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good deal. All right. Um, I'm going to bring Paul up, and uh, we're going to uh, do just a quick look back, okay? We want to look back at what God has actually done uh, this year uh, in our church at large. And I'm slightly delaying because I'm sending that out, okay? Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, did we have one before this one? Where was that other slide, Tori? We don't, we don't have It's uh, Okay. So there is right now, press and send, okay. something that's coming to your inbox. Yeah, okay. Okay? This is just a brief one-page document of everything that God has done this year. I said it's coming to your inbox. Ready? Three, two. Actually, I have delay send. I have delay send on my uh, phone. You ain't getting it for 30 seconds, all right? So, uh, but it is a one-page document of all of what God has done. And as Paul kind of highlights a little bit of that, I want you all to know, these are just the large, what we call large rocks. Like, they're not even the tiny individual stories that we could deeply celebrate over. These are just the big things that God has done. And so, boom, I just hit send. It says sending message. You should get it in a minute or two. Uh, but let's look back and let's actually prayerfully rejoice as a family of the things that God has done. Hey, I was just thinking that had I not spent $13 at El Chilito for Lori and I for breakfast tacos, we could have bought a church today, you know? <laughs> 13 I'm just so... Just a little selfish. I wasn't thinking. All right. Hey, all right. So uh, in your inbox, if you're able to, to see all that, uh, just want to take you through. I'm not going to read through all this, but, but just kind of talk about some of the kind of the key highlights, the rocks we call them as it relates to, hey, what has happened in, in the life of the well this year. Uh, staff and elder development, hey, new staff. We, we talk about how we love our staff, and God has given us a, a, a tremendous group of folks there. Uh, we're able to bring on Nick, Christy, Deborah. Josh and Rachel is our first church planters, and we are pretty cool and excited about all that. Uh, talked about it a little bit earlier as it relates to our budget going forward. We want to bring on three folks uh, in the next year, and that, uh, that would come together. Uh, Jacob and Casey joining us on the elder board. We get excited about all that. Uh, and just the, the other activity and efforts that have gone place when you, when you put staff together, you, you start to put structure and process in place, and, and the ability for where we are now versus where we were in, in relationship to how the church needs to, to run and, and, and move forward is, is, is steps ahead of where we were before, and that's because of the, the body, uh, the people that God has brought together for us, and, and we get to be the benefit of all that. For our gatherings, you know, we talk about doubled in attendance uh, each year. Tori talks about what that means for us in terms of pressing up against the walls. Hey, we moved to our two two Sundays. And, and if you see Beverly in the hallway, our Austin police uh, officer, please thank her for, for helping us make sure that we've got a safe building. Our sermon series, one of the things that I think we are just extremely blessed about is that we have some incredibly gifted people that, that give themselves and serve in ministry in a number of ways. One of the ways that we all feel that is with the folks that, that lead us in worship on Sundays and apart from some folks that we bring in and on uh, kind of on a, a higher basis every once in a while, it's our people who lead our worship, and, and I just feel blessed by all that. 
And, and, I, and if you're in that same spot, could you just give the, the folks just a shout out who do that just so faithfully on Sunday? Yeah. Because they, they do a great job and, and truly lead us in, in worshiping, worshiping our God. Uh, baptisms, child dedications, and, and we just celebrate all that. And, and you know, we talk about or, our organic church growth strategy, and we get to see that through our child dedications that come along with that. 535 folks were here on Easter, and Tori was talking about how we've just kind of seen that, that, that what we have on Easter in terms of attendance, typically becomes our, our average attendance the following year, right, right before that time. And so uh, we're seeing that play out again, and, and God's just been really cool and, and blessing us through all of that. Our worship times that we have in, in, in outside of the service that we, we get a chance to be a part of as well, too. Our building community. Um, I get to see and get to be a part of the Covenant Community classes. It's been cool to see the last three actually be larger than the number of people that started this church and, and how we've, we've seen that take place. And, and every one of them have come in and, and just some unique gifting and serve and give back to the church, and, and we, we just love all that. Tori's going to talk about down the road about a covenant renewal process that we're working through that I think will just be great in terms of strengthening our, our desire to continue to serve in, in what God's called us to do here. Our hospitality teams, oh, I jumped ahead there. Our community groups uh, continue to, to rock. We, we multiplied four this year and, and more coming on the cusp of all that. We're excited about that. Our family times that we get together at Central Market is pretty cool. Children's ministry, I love, apart from worship, uh, the people that serve in children's ministry are next on my list of, of equal loving and servants. <laughs> We have a very fertile church, so we are actually filling these, <laughs> apart from the folks that are joining us, uh, we are filling up our classrooms, and, and they need people, and they need, you know, to come and love on the kids and, and be able to teach God's word. We, we are so thankful, and, and, but, you know, uh, again, appreciate everybody serving in our children's ministry and what that means for us. Our outreach to our first-time visitors and, and what we want to see happening in our guest services uh, parenting, so parents who are fostering and, and all the cool things, and, and yet babies, babies, and more babies. So uh, Casey and Blair, I guess, are the most fresh ones, right, related to that. Serving in training, we developed our, our leadership development pipeline, our efforts. We talked about our, our means to be able to do that last year, and, and, and Tori's helped put together the, the, the content for that. We've put that into, into motion and, and going to continue to refine that as we go forward as a means to develop our, our leadership pipeline. Our neighbors' neighbors training that we have to, to effectively equip people to be able to share God's word in every setting. And, and, and Todd and team lead that so faithfully and folks that are get excited about sharing their faith and, and we're seeing the outcome of all that. Kicked off a group to Brazil this year. We want to be able to send more mission trips as we, as we move forward. Kind of our whole volunteer process has been reworked and, and excited about what that's meant in terms of people serving. New roles in our creative team, the welcome team, missions coordinator, all that has come together and began serving UT very, very intentionally. And as we get more traction on that, you're going to hear more of that from Nick as, uh, as he's starting to, to really plow into that, into that territory as well. We talk about loving Campbell and where we'd be without Campbell 
and, and how that's been such a blessing with us. We continue to do the Christmas drive with them, our, our mentoring and volunteering. The number of folks from the well who are a part of that easily outstrip, outnumber everybody else that's a part of that mentoring program. They love us to be able, for the folks that give, give themselves to the other kids here. Uh, obviously, to use the building, we continue to ask for a little bit more space, and Principal Moore and team allow us to do that, and, and we get a pretty good deal on all that as well, too. And somebody even learned how to reset the AC Woo! system. Yeah, for the, for the folks that would come in here on Sunday and cook, uh, yeah, that's, I don't think we've, yeah, we haven't had to experience that, so that's really good. Operations, talk about our budget increase, we've been excited about all that. Uh, we get some printing for free as, as part of that, and just, again, people giving of themselves and their, and their uh, connections. If you've been on the receiving end of some of our communication, a whole big effort with some really bright, creative people to, cre to rebrand and, and freshen our logo and, and how we, we use our designs in specific ways as it relates to our communication, night and day difference from where we were and, and, and really very thankful for the work that's gone into that to make us as, as sharp as we, we look right now in terms of our outbound, outbound communication. And then just a whole big effort around upgrading our social media presence and again, people giving themselves to be able to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm just continually amazed by when I, I, I meet folks that are coming here and they're, they're like first time uh, guests and, and how did you find out about the well? Well, I was on the website and you came up. And, and so that's really an effort about, hey, just improving our, our social media presence and allowing people to connect with us really, really, really quickly. So, hey. Just a few of the things, I want you to, to take some time to reread that and, and just praise God for what he has done and the favor that he continues to show, show in the well. All right, we'll jump into kind of some, some comparative metrics here. All right, there you go. So let me take you back to year four, and, and then we're going to move across from, from, right, from left to right, excuse me related to a number of things that we kind of track to, to determine health of the church, okay? And, and some of the data points that we take a look at. So you can see where we were year four in terms of, of attendance to where we, our goal was 300 this year, uh, but actually we've been tracking about 345. So again, uh, great in terms of people we're able to connect with. You've been so, so faithful with, with introducing and bringing people and making it such a welcoming pace, place for people to want to come to. Uh, folks that are in biblical community, we're still tracking around uh, the 70% the mark. That's where we want to continue to be at and grow above. Different new ministry leaders that have come into the body from where we were to where we're at today. Again, we had a goal of 20. We're at 26. Uh, we had a uh, actually <laughs> took a dip with our elders, but now we're coming back on path again. And, and I, I fully believe that we're going to be over five next year related to our efforts with, uh, with the pipeline number of folks that are involved with intentional disciple making continue to grow and we're excited about that. Hey, the ratio of, of members to regular tenders and, and that's just a, a, a factor of, okay, who's coming on a, on a regular basis and those who have kind of taken that next step as it relates to commitment because we've seen that when you do that, there's just a higher level of service and, and people benefit from, from, that, from that commitment and so we track that ratio and, and do a comparison over time. Uh, definitely want to see everybody who is faithfully coming to the well, hey, to commit to be a covenant community member. And, and we know that when that happens, you know, just additional people get served and people get loved on because of all that. 
number of people that are serving. We now track that as kind of as a percentage. <laughs> Folks who have come to faith, we, we believe that's 20, we believe. We know that 21 from our efforts have come to faith this year. We, <laughs> we think that's more than 21, but that's what we've been able to track and hang on to. And so... As, as you are inter, interacting with folks and, and if you're leading somebody to faith, we want to hear about it. If you, if you hear about somebody who has through the, you know, the, the community or the service here at the well or through the work of others, we, we want to know about that as well because, first of all, uh, we want to celebrate, we want to be excited about that, but we want to be intentionally a part of their lives to help them grow in who they are in Jesus Christ. So giving us that information is really, really helpful because then we can start plugging them in with other people to, to allow them to, to continue to grow in their faith. Our staff count continues to grow, and we talk about how we want to add to that next year to continue to, to serve our body. Uh, the folks that are a part of our, what is that, giving missions, I guess, from that standpoint. Oh, it's, yeah, the giving to the mission. So we, our, our, our point of, of being in that 15% range where just automatically whatever comes in, 15%, just goes right into our, our missions and our church planning, and that's automatic, and that continues to stay on pace is related to that. And then our church planning plan. So, hey, Josh and Rachel, we're excited that uh, we can do our first, first check mark and, and, and praying for the next Josh and Rachel to join and, and be a part of our, our church planning efforts. So, uh, again, God has been so, so faithful uh, Tori and I, we get together, we get chance to talk about this at the elder meetings on Friday. It is so, so encouraging. You know, I've been a part of, of a number of churches and in some other church plants, and, and what God is doing here at the well is, is just truly unique from my own personal experience. I just haven't seen this happen before. And so, you know, when I see what's taking place, and, and I, get, I get truly excited about being a part of this to continue to serve and to love on the people that, uh, that call the well home, and, and I... And that's my prayer, too, but for all the folks here that you're just so excited about who you are in Jesus Christ. It's just natural for you to talk about that with, with your, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, and, and allowing them to come alongside you to, to be a part of what's, what's happening uh, and hearing God's word and, and our opportunity to love on them here, here at the well. Okay? All right. Tori, back to you. All right. So that was kind of our looking back, all right, um, and I want to look ahead real quick, so go to that next slide, because these are our goals for this upcoming year, um, and sorry that somehow it got expanded a little bit, but um, so we said, hey, last year, you know, we saw where we were in the 170 range, this year, boom, our actual is about 345, so next year we say, what would it look like to be around 550, right, what would it look like to continue to grow, and then to hopefully find a space to where we have that. Uh, once we get into this range, y'all, uh, when we start getting into the 600 range and above, to plant uh, a church and send two missionaries every year is not at all absurd. In fact, it's actually pretty easy at that point. In fact, once you get into that range, to actually do two church plants and to send up to three or four missionaries may be a little bit pulling it, like, like trusting the Lord, but it's actually really able and capable. 
And if you do the math, if we want to do 100 in 50 years, then we need to do more than one per year, and we're about to do one in year seven, right? So at some point, you got to catch up to that. And so that's where even that desire is, is to say, hey, we want to plant churches, send missionaries. We would say we want 75% of our people to be in some form of biblical community, uh, that you would be uh, being discipled, that you would be in community groups, you'd be in missional communities, you'd be in uh, uh, the, the Neighbors of Nations missional community, you would be in something that would... Uh, compel you, motivate you, encourage you, remind you, spur you up toward love and good deeds, that three out of four people that are attending the well regularly would see that. We want to see 35 new ministry leaders. Y'all, this was a win that we couldn't even put down because of how many awesome ministry leaders God had this year. Uh, Sorry, I'm cutting out here. Um, Some of y'all need to be that, right? In fact, some of y'all, I think, are actually supposed to be our future church planners And I know that some of y'all are supposed to be our future missionaries. And one of the ways that we actually see that flesh and play itself out is as we step into local ministry and we serve our local church body well, then it uh, motivates us, it compels us, it reminds us, it encourages us, it uh, begins to pave the way toward us being able to do that on a long-term basis. And so that's even our desire there is to say, hey, we want to keep seeing ministry leaders not just for the well, though we'll need that if we grow, obviously, but also for our sending piece. We want to multiply, and we want to see people uh, be able to step into that. We want to go from four to six elders. Note, if Paul's extension goes through, next year he'll be rolling off, which means we want to introduce three new elders this year, okay? And so we want to continue to see that, and we have a pipeline by which to do that now. We want at least 70 people in our church to be disciple makers. That means at least 70 people are meeting with people on a regular, consistent basis, helping people take the next steps in their faith. Every single community group leader is supposed to be doing that. And then if that community group shepherd, right, says, hey, now can you actually pour into somebody else, we're actually going to see that really easily. We believe discipleship is the key of taking over the world. And so as 70 people begin to do that, that actually means is that 140 people are being regularly ministered by. And what that actually means is that, man, we're going to see churches planted missionaries sent at a much more aggressive basis as we begin to not just lean on the quote-unquote professional. Uh, preaching of Tory or ministry of Paul, but we actually begin to lean into the uh, way that God often works more supernaturally in our efforts, right? As God just uses us as regular people, well, no, as we're just going to see in our next series, there is no regular people in the kingdom of God. All of us have been supernaturally given the Holy Spirit, and if we are faithful, obedient to what God is calling us to do, man, we, we really knock it out the park for our king. And so we want to see people walking into that. We want to see people serving, stuff like that. Uh, We want to see uh, two and a half or really uh, three more staff added. We want to see at least 45 people come to know the Lord this year. Literally what we're thinking of in that is what would it look like for at least one person per week to come into a relationship with our king? right? That may be in your neighborhood, that may be at your job, that may be whatever it is, but uh, the average kind of conversion growth rate from churches in America, what that means is how uh, much are you growing versus how many people are actually coming to know the Lord, is about 2%, okay? Ours has been roughly around 15%. So in other words, about one out of every six to seven people that come into the well did not know Jesus before they stepped into the well. Well, if you look at where we want to grow and where we want to be, we're saying we want to even be more aggressive in that. We want to see at least one per year. Uh, And I really feel like the Lord put that on my heart even just this last week that, man, we're going to see that. And I pray that we would even laugh at that number. I pray that next year at the business meeting, we'd be looking at the goal of 45, and then we'd have a little dash next to it, and it would say 150, 
right? And that we would see God just supernaturally bring person after person to come to know who he is. And it would almost be like a problem. Like, what do we do with all these new believers? We don't know, right? Let's like put them in a class. Or like That we would literally be trying to figure out because of what God is doing. And so, man, just be prayerful. This is what y'all are doing, right? This is your ministry there. And so we'd keep giving to missions. And then here's a big one is that we want to plant Josh essentially at the end of next year and then reestablish. In other words, bring another church planner on almost immediately after that. So if you go to the next slide, actually, these are kind of our, our spotlight or our look ahead, okay? Those are our goals. So we just said we want to, I know it's really small, so I'll kind of read this to you, but uh, we want to see uh, three more elders. We want to be in a new facility, our next business meeting to be happening somewhere else that can fit more people, right? We want to see another church plant resident. In fact, what the goal there is, is that somebody would come on even before Josh actually goes out. And so Josh is going to go out in January of 2020, so about, you know, 12, 16 months from now. Uh, we actually want to see another person already on our team even before he gets launched out because we just believe that God is calling us to multiply ourselves into uh, this city for the sake of his glory. We want to see a, a potential college worship gathering. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been a shift uh, that we talked about, some changes, some things implemented, is actually Nick's role. Uh, and so uh, Nick came on, uh, and we had the title associate pastor. And in a lot of our minds, that kind of means one thing. Uh, what we've realized over the years is that uh, my brother is just wildly gifted on the kind of executive side of things, where decisions, processes, systems, kind of high-level thinking, he can zoom above the fray in a lot of ways. And something that straight up, y'all, I'll work on for like two months, and I'll be like, looks perfect. I'll give the Nick, and then I'll be like, here are seven holes. And I'm like, those are all legitimate holes, right? <laughs> And that is a gift, y'all. That is a massive, massive gift. And so we're actually kind of shifting Nick's role a little bit to be uh, more on the executive pastor side. Uh, but, however, obviously he's a gifted communicator, so he's preaching and teaching, and he's a gifted shepherd. And so one of the things that we're uh, going to let him run and do is actually just really focus on college. Why? Well, because if we're going to plant churches and send missionaries, guess who does that? College students, right? They believe they can take over the world, and they can. They're right. Okay, it's our like kind of lockdownness that sometimes doesn't make us step out in faith, right? But like, man, they believe that they can run hard. In fact, when Josh plants a church for the family that has four kids, it's going to be really hard for them to kind of go with Josh and uproot everything. For the college student that's about to graduate soon to find a job in South Austin or to kind of just buy a house down there, like that's going to be a lot easier. More younger people are going to probably go with Josh, right? And so then in that, we say, hey, what would it look like to begin to grow this aspect of our church? church where we'd actually see more college kids come in. One, that's a very impressionable time. We want to see people come and know Jesus. It's a time where they're making life decisions, right? Y'all, we are 0.8 miles away from UT's campus. Like, let's have a, a freaking impact there, right? But then let's also begin to see that pipeline created where those people have a heart for ministry, a heart for missions, a heart for the kingdom, that they would go on our church plants, they would be our church planners, they would be our missionaries, they would make much of our king. And so that's our hope. That's our prayer. That's our desire. So that's one of the shifts that we have internally. Uh, we have covenant renewal, which I'll explain in a minute. New assimilation processes, et cetera, some of this other stuff we've, we've been through already, just some things that we have going on. And so we hope that God is going to do just a lot in and through our church this year to continue to the phrase we keep using as a very appropriate, especially today, to push back darkness, right? Satan does not have a reign on this city. Our king does, Jesus. 
And as we are his ambassadors, we get to co-labor with him in making much of his name here in this city. And so, man, we're kind of praying big. God, what would it look like to see every week people coming to know Christ? What would it look like to find another church planner? What would it look like to send out missionaries and, and then even to re-up missionaries and to have them uh, in the pipeline as well? Man, we just want to see awesome things happening because we believe we serve an awesome God who wants to do those awesome things. And so that's kind of our hope. That's our, our look-ahead goals, okay? And so uh, I'm going to keep us moving here because we're running a little bit short on time. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about is actually one big change that we're going to have, uh, and that is uh, the covenant renewal process. So you heard that word two or three times already during this business meeting, and I just want to explain what that is. Tomorrow morning uh, in your inbox, you're going to get something that is called the covenant renewal form. And every year from here on out, what we're actually going to switch into is we're going to switch to doing what's called covenant renewal. Uh, that's a really common thing. You even think about it if you're married. Uh, you don't just kind of celebrate any random day. You celebrate your anniversary. Why? Because it's a really important day and you remember what God has already done. And then you kind of revile to each other, even in some ways, for that tight marriage to continue. There are rhythms naturally built in to all of us. One of the things that we've realized is that, man, if you've been in our church for three or four years, years, you may have kind of forgotten some of the things that you even committed to, right? Like, like, man, did you commit to serve or to give or, or, or what is our mission? What is our vision? Maybe you, you know, people are listening on the, on the, the, the SoundCloud, maybe they couldn't make the business meeting today and they just kind of forget some of the things that God is doing that he's calling us into. What covenant renewal will be is a process to help us remember what God has called us to and to kind of be able to recommit ourselves to each other. As the elders kind of fast and pray, which we do on a regular basis, the staff also fast and pray for you all. Man, we want to know who is God actually calling us to shepherd. Sometimes people kind of leave. We don't even know it, right? Sometimes you're like, man, I'm not giving because I don't really believe in what God is calling us into. I don't know if I still am holding fast to this covenant that I've made. And this is actually a process to uh, be able to pull out or to give feedback in. And so it helps us know, hey, who are we shepherding? Uh, the the proverb says, uh, know well the condition of your flock. Well, it's really hard to know well the condition of your flock when there are 200 people that are covenant members, right? In fact, we're 225, I think is what it is. And so that's just hard to know. Where is everybody at? How are they doing? What's happening here? Are they committed, right? And so we may be like, man, I, you know, I haven't seen Jesse. I'm seeing him, so of course he's here, right? But like, I haven't seen Jesse in three months. Is he okay? This would then come out, and he may be like, oh man, I moved to Dallas. He's like, man, I didn't even know that, all right? It's just helpful to be able to see that, but also to recommit to one another. And when we say, hey, this is our family, we're saying we're all in this together. Each of you has been given a gift that needs to be used to build up the body at large. We just talked about in Ephesians, right? And and so, man, this is our way to kind of uh, covenant, renew our covenant together. And so that's one of the things that is going to start uh, in, in beginning tomorrow, and we'll actually have a month to do it. Normally, it will be the month before the business meeting, and that way we know who's voting on our elders and any policy changes we may have, but they're actually a part of the family, right? Uh, but this year, we wanted to lay it out to you all before, you know, obviously just... All of a sudden, you get in a random email and be like, what is this? Covenant renewal, what the heck, right? And so um, that is that process, okay? Um, it is a really simple form. Uh, we've walked through it. Uh, myself, Paul, Christy uh, looked it over uh, this week. And, you know, it probably takes you five, six minutes to do. Uh, but we want you to read it and to remember what God is calling us into as a family and that we would all commit to each other once again. Um, and so that's covenant renewal. Make sense? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Hey, y'all, it is, uh, it's time for the reveal, all right? So, Paul, come on back up here. Y'all can, like, clap for that or something. Give us a good transition. <laughs> did I hit everything? I did. Okay. Um, I know I zoomed through that covenant renewal a little bit. So, once again, we'll be at Haymaker. Uh, if there is uh, any questions you might have, any concerns you might have about that, uh, man, we want you all to know, okay, before I do this reveal, there is a lot of prayer, okay, that goes into this church. In fact, one of the reasons we want to know who's a part of our body, this covenant renewal, is that the amount of prayer that goes on is just crazy. Uh, we really believe, Scripture actually makes really plain, when you join a local church, one of the things that you're doing is you're actually coming up under the elders and the staff and uh, the deacons. They're actually coming up under their protection, right? Uh, in fact, the reason that uh, excommunication is a big thing in the scripture is because we're saying, hey, we would actually put them out of our protection back into the world that Nick just talked about, mm. right? This spiritual warfare world that Satan may actually begin to do a work on them so that they can come back to repentance. Mm. Like that's a really big thing, y'all, that we don't think about a lot in our culture, but we really believe that when we're sitting in here, we're covered, Right? Like, like God protects us supernaturally underneath all of the different ministry leaders and, and the team leads, the, the community group shepherds, the elders. Holistically, you are covered and basked in prayer and protection. And so uh, all this stuff, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we want you to know. I do not say tritely, y'all, that I love you at the end of every sermon. That's not like some repeated thing I just do just to be cute. Like, I genuinely love you all. Paul loves you all. Like, man, there's so much time, energy, effort that's put in to really make much of our king together. We really take seriously the shepherding of your souls. Mm. Like, we know that you are not just material. You are spiritual. And so we want to cover and shepherd and love and encourage and motivate and push and call up into what God is doing in your life. That's why I don't jokingly say some of y'all are supposed to be missionaries. I know it, right? Some of y'all might be church planners. Some of y'all are supposed to be elders. Man, let's continue to press in together and let's create a beautiful both protection, which you'll hear about in two weeks in the sermon, but also a building and a pressing back darkness at the exact same time together. That's what God has called us into. Amen? All right, so we'll be there for questions if you have any. I have the vote. Oh, man. But you're on this, so you can't see it, all right? I'm the only one that can reveal it. I'll do Paul's first, okay? Ready? Uh, so for Paul Carlson's extension, we got all the votes in, and uh, it was 132 to zero. No way. That means you're on, all right? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> One more year. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm going back here. I'm not hiding from y'all, all right? I'm just going back here for a quick second. And uh, I'm going to have uh, Jacob and Casey come on up. Uh, Jacob Brown, Casey Anyekene, y'all go ahead and come on up. Milana, feel free, come on up. We will, we will pseudo pray for Blair as well. Yes. Um, hey, y'all, the elder process is a long process, right? A ton of effort, ton of work, especially from this man who is not getting paid to do any of this. He's given of his time, he's given of his energy uh, just to do this, right? Uh, man, we have really uh, uh, poured out, and we think that there are a lot of other men that God is raising up uh, that should, will possibly be on this stage next year as well, Okay. Um, and so I want to uh, lay out uh, the two other results. Uh, Casey, uh, Blair, 126 to 1. You're an elder, brother. <laughs> uh, and then Jacob, 102 to 1. You're an elder as well, all right? Yeah. So, man, uh, that is super, super exciting. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, I have something for y'all in a second, um, but we want to lay hands on them and pray for them. Uh, this is what we're saying, man. These uh, men are actually going to be responsible for helping shepherd our church. All the stuff I just talked about, that that would be happening. They'd be making decisions, praying through simple things like the budget, right? Like, that's a scary budget. Well, no, we're actually seeking the Lord, and the Lord says, man, go do that. And so we say, okay, we believe this is what God's calling us into. Let's go do that. To help oversee the staff, to cover them in prayer, all these things that this is what we're actually doing. And so um, I don't know how to do this well without hiding. So I'm going to be back here for a second and talk. I'm mysteriously behind the stage, okay? Uh, yeah. One of the things that we uh, really believe in. Paid no attention to man behind the curtain. Boom. Deeply is that we are men of the word, Okay. And uh, one of the things that we uh, want to present our elders with each year is actually a Bible. And it's a dope Bible, too, y'all. Uh, Slow down. down. Yeah. And so it has their names in it. Oh, Casey and Yakane. Woo! Yeah. All right. Um, I should have pulled this out first. Jacob Brown. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we give them this because we say we are guided by the word. All right? We're not guided by our emotions. We're not guided by our kind of, oh, I think this is good. Oh, I kind of hope this is. Oh. We say, man, we actually want to be men that are guided by the word of God. Yeah. We want to submit to the word of God at all possible situations, even when it calls us to do hard or scary things. We want to encourage people with the word of God as we shepherd and teach the body at large. We will forever and always be a church that is dead serious about the word of God because we believe that in this is life, right? And so as these men step into this role, we give them this Bible, one, as a token of our appreciation, but two, as a symbol to say this is what we submit to. In the same way that a wedding ring shows a covenant between you and your spouse, the Bible actually shows a covenant with us in a lot of ways where we say, man, we are unified around one faith, as we talked about in a a couple weeks ago. One hope, one love, one baptism. The, the word actually is the teacher of all of those things. And so that's why we present these Bibles. And uh, man, I'm just super excited. Can I tell y'all real quick, uh, both these men are great friends of mine as well. And as they have labored with me and prayed for me and encouraged me, like we talked about it, man, Jacob and Milana saw, you know, does, literally dozens, double-digit numbers of people come to Christ this year through their ministry. Casey has discipled literally dozens of men, like double-digit numbers of men in our church that are being poured into, and his wife, the women as well. And uh, I think that y'all are going to be taken care of in a really awesome way. The Lord is also going to be able to continue to push back darkness as we have more men, not just me and Paul, running this by ourselves, right? And so, man, we're excited about that. So, uh, the elder board, y'all. Yeah. That's awesome, right? That is awesome. And, and so, hey, would y'all actually stand, and we're going to yeah. close our time out with this. Um, would you actually just kind of stretch forth your hand, and I'm going to have uh, Paul uh, pray uh, for Jacob and Casey and for Milana and Blair and mm -hmm. Um, would you join us in prayer? We stretch out our hands to pray blessing, to pray protection, um, to pray favor uh, over what God is doing. And so uh, would you join us in praying with these two? Father, you, uh, may I would just step back here as we, uh, as we wrap up our time, uh, hey, this morning, early afternoon, and just reflect on uh, the start of this day and your goodness uh, that we have to, got to be a part of. Father, to see your glory revealed as we went through the course of the day, uh, our opportunity to connect with you is some, some awesome worship, uh, incredible word, 
and then Father the Tay to, to kind of put a book into it as you know our, our business meeting and seeing what you were able to accomplish through us this year, what we're looking forward to uh, going into uh, the next church year. Uh, but Father, that hey, we've got two men stepping forward that that fully believe that they are called to be the spiritual overseers for this church. And so, Father, we praise you for the goodness through all that. And, and I'm excited personally about these men. Uh, I know their hearts. I know how they love Jesus. I know how they love their families. I know how they love the well. And, and that we're going to have an opportunity now, hey, to labor together, to be able to move the church forward with what you have called us to do, and then shepherd our folks to, to move that forward. And, and I'm just so, so excited about that. Be with uh, Casey. Be with Jacob. Be with their, their families as they now step forward and, and, and take an extra level of, of sacrifice for the body that hey, you allow them to uh, be able to do that well uh, and never forget their, their love for you and their love for their family and as part of all that. So, Father, we thank you. We look forward to uh, what they're going to be able to do through their time. Uh, we're excited about the next church year and and. And I know that we'll be able to stand here next year and just be talk about the surprises. What we thought was going to happen, Father, you just did more. And, and we will rejoice through all of that. Uh, again, thank you for this time. Thank you for the folks who call the well home and their sacrifice and their love and their service. Uh, it is just so, so encouraging. And, and we give all this back to you as, as, as our gift to you and a small, small offering of our love because we know what have ha has happened for us uh, through the sacrifice of your son whose shed blood has, has forgiven our sins so that we can be in your presence and call you Father. Father, we just praise you. We thank you for all this. And we do this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Right. Hey, y'all, thank you so much.